Hello, welcome back to my one-person podcast, The Bible Abridged. Today's episode is brought to you by BigBadHangover.com. So go there and find the best hangover cure I've ever found. It's called Mother's Little Helper, and it works like a charm. The other night, I was on the verge of seeing double when I went to bed. Took two of these things, woke up the next morning feeling just fine. So check it out if you're a drinker like me. Anyways, <clears throat> when we left off, Joshua and Co. had just completely destroyed Jericho by yelling really loud and also by killing almost every single person who lived there and burning everything that would catch on fire. Joshua's seventh. So on top of killing everyone and burning everything, the army was supposed to take all the precious metals and give them to the priests, who were allegedly going to give them to God, but in reality they were just going to hold on to them themselves. Well, this guy named Achan decided he would just keep some of the spoils to himself. And that's pissed God off. Well, God decided not to say anything about it at the time, and instead he waited for the Israelites to go and invade a different city named Hai, when the Israelite army sent 3,000 men to go conquer this tiny, presumably busted-up city. They somehow became suddenly aware that dying was a complete possibility and would totally suck. So after 36 men died in the assault, which might be the lowest number of any full-frontal assault on a city at that time, the other 2,964 men just panicked and ran away as fast as they could. The, and I quote, few people who lived there chased these fuckers down through the city gates, through the stone quarries, and then killed them on the nearby slopes. It seems like this was written assuming that we, the readers, would be familiar with the area, but we are not. So when Joshua heard about this, he tore all his clothes off and went and laid face first in front of the Ark of the Covenant and asked God, what the hell was that? Why'd we come this far just to fucking lose to like 50 guys? Now everyone's going to join forces and wipe us off the face of the earth. If that happens, who will spread the word about you? The God who told us not to eat shellfish or owls. God told Joshua, stand up. I decide to let all those soldiers die because one guy kept some precious metals to himself. I decided it made more sense to have 3,000 people die who didn't do anything wrong than to punish the one guy who did it. Now you must go find the guy who stole that metal, and until you do, I won't have your backs when you try to destroy entire civilizations for me. Through a weird process of Joshua having each tribe seemingly pick someone at random, they just happened to come across Achan, who confessed immediately. He had taken an old robe and some silver and gold. Joshua thanked him for his honesty, and all the million-plus citizens of Israel threw rocks at him until he fucking died. And then they set him on fire. Then they set up a pile of rocks. Joshua ate. Well, after that unpleasantness, Joshua took the full might of his army and went to seek their revenge on the people of Ha'ai for their terrible act of defending their town from an invading army. Joshua sent 30,000 men, or 10 times as many as the last time, out in the middle of the night and told them to go hide on the opposite side of the city and just wait. I don't know how dark night used to be back then, but 30,000 people being able to move under the cover of night without being noticed is pretty fucking crazy. The next morning, Joshua sent another 5,000 men out to a different hiding place. It says there was somewhere in between Ha'ai and Bethel, assuming that you know the place. Then he took the rest of his army and marched in the front gates, waiting for the Ha'ai army to meet him in battle. When they did, the Israelite army retreated, and the king of Ha'ai commanded, Every single man, go after them! Don't leave a single person in the city! Or he might as well have, because that's what happened. So once every man left Ha'ai, the thousands of Israelite men who had just been hiding just rushed into the city and set it on fire. When the Ha'ai men looked back and saw the city was on fire, the other thousands and thousands of Israelite men swept through and just fucking slaughtered all of them. 
They literally killed every single person from Ha'ai, leaving, quote, neither any survivors nor fugitives, except for the king. Then it goes on to mention that they killed everyone in the fields, chased the ones down who tried to flee and killed them, and then returned to the city and killed everyone that was still there. Once again, every man, woman, and child. And this time, God was apparently okay with them looting and plundering, because God is apparently as mercurial as anyone's inner monologue. Once the city was plundered properly, Joshua impaled the still-alive king on a pole and made him watch his city be burned to fucking ash while he was impaled on a pole. I suppose he probably died pretty fast, but Jesus fucking Christ, Joshua, was that necessary? I know he had the audacity to try to defend his city against you, the evil invading army, but did you have to make these the last moments of his life? Well, after all this, they went and renewed their covenant at Mount Tabal, because apparently he had to do that back then. Joshua read all the stuff that Moses had before, but luckily they didn't include it this time in the book. Joshua 9. Now, you might remember from a minute or two ago that Joshua was freaking out about all the kings joining forces to kill the Israelites because they looked weak. What ended up happening was all the kings of the region heard that Joshua was leading a massive army around, destroying cities, killing everyone, sodomizing kings like rotisserie chickens, and just fucking shit up all over the place. So they decided to join forces and kill all the Israelites because... What else do you do when you hear some shit like that? So the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the HIVites, and the Jebusites allied up and declared war on Joshua and all of Israel. But a different group from a place called Gibeon decided they would try some good old-fashioned, or maybe in this case it was new-fashioned, diplomacy. So these two guys purposely got moldy bread and worn-out clothes and loaded up their donkeys and trucked a few miles over to where Joshua was hanging out in Gilgal. He was still at camp at Gilgal because they kept destroying the cities they'd come in contact with. When they got to Gilgal, they asked Joshua if they could make a treaty. And Joshua said, Oh, well, if you live anywhere around here, how could I possibly make a treaty with you? Because there's no way that two neighboring nations could ever hope to live in peace, apparently. Well, the two men begged and swore up and down that they were from super far away and even went and showed their bread and clothes as evidence. They pulled the princely tactic when Joshua asked them where they were from by saying, from very far away. This didn't make Joshua suspicious at all, and he signed a treaty with these guys, apparently not reading it at all. Well, later he found out he had signed a treaty with the neighboring city and couldn't do their normal kill-everyone routine. And this pissed all the Israelites off as they'd gotten quite used to killing everyone in their paths, and the idea, the idea of not doing that made them feel a little uncomfortable. Well, Joshua decided that he couldn't kill all of them, but he could make them all slaves. So he did that. He asked them, Why did you lie to me? They said, Because you've been going around killing everyone, and we didn't want to be killed. He said, Oh, yes. Fair enough. Well, now you'll be forced to chop wood and gather water for us. And that's what they are to this day, apparently, according to this book. Joshua 10. Well, this guy named Adonai Zedek, who was the king of Jerusalem at the time, heard the news of this new treaty between Gibeon and Israel and Instead of deciding to try and go do the same thing, he got a bunch of other kings together and decided to attack Gibeon. Not Israel, but Gibeon. Well, Gibeon uh, sent messengers over to Joshua and asked him to keep their end of the treaty and help them defend our city. Now, Joshua was kind of more in the habit of destroying cities than helping them, but he had signed a treaty and was bound by his word. So he grabbed his entire army, obviously having learned nothing from his earlier strategy at High, and did an all-night march. I checked this out, it's about 20 miles as the crow flies from Gilgal to Gibeon, 
And I think this might be the first time that the distance between two places was accurately described in the Bible. When they arrived the next morning, the invading army was completely surprised to come in contact with the full might of the army of the ally of the city they were currently laying siege to, and they just started running away. The Israelites decided that running away was a sign of aggression towards them and chased them down, killing about half of them. The other half died when God sent a very selective hailstorm down to kill the invading Amorite army, and not the Israelites. Apparently these hailstones were fucking huge, too. It said that more Amorite soldiers were killed by hailstones than by swords. For some reason, Joshua decided the day needed to be longer, so he straight up just told the sun to stop moving until they were done killing everyone. That seemed kill-worthy. In the book of Jashar, which is a thing mentioned here and two other times in the whole fucking Bible, it says, Joshua said, Sun, stand still. Also, moon, you do that too. And the sun stood still, and the moon did too, until Joshua and his massive army killed everyone they wanted to. Now, whoever wrote this didn't understand the cosmos. Back then, they thought the sun and the moon were things that crossed the completely static or fixed Earth sky. And that was just how the day worked. We, we know today, or should anyways, that actually the sun is racing through the Milky Way galaxy at a whopping 450,000 miles an hour. The Earth is circling the sun, itself moving 67,000 miles an hour, which is just under three times faster than any human being has ever traveled. And the moon is circling the Earth, itself moving around 2,300 miles an hour, which is almost exactly three times the speed of sound. So, no, he didn't stop the sun and the moon in the sky. This didn't happen. If the sun were to stop in the sky, that would mean that the Earth's rotation would suddenly slow down to 1 365th of its current speed. Now imagine driving in a car going 365 miles an hour and all of a sudden just slowing down to 1 mile an hour. What would happen? Would you fly through the fucking windshield along with everything else in your car? Now imagine what would happen to the seas, the rivers, the oceans, and everything else. Just to give Joshua a few more hours to kill some poor soldiers who were just trying to fucking retreat. Anyways, I was always taught that story in Sunday school, which is pretty fucked up in its own right, but especially it never sat well with me. And back to the story. Well, Joshua found the five invading kings all hiding together in a nearby cave of Makedah and decided to block off the entrance to the cave for a while until they killed just about everyone they could. The book does mention that some people got away, but it's okay. It's like, to your reader, like, don't be mad that we didn't kill everybody this time. Well, after a while, Joshua had the kings taken out of the cave. He had all several hundred thousand men of Israel come and put their dirty feet in these guys' necks, just five by five, which must have taken forever. After everyone, or every male over the age of 12 anyways, had their chance to put their feet on these kings' necks, Joshua killed these kings and hung their naked bodies up on a pole until sundown. Then he threw them back in the cave, where according to this book, they still are today. And that is where I leave you today. Uh, I'll be back soon with more of the book of Joshua. And until then, party hard and order from BigBadHangover.com. And thank you for listening.